Listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Monday, which means it is time for Mental Health Monday, and I am pretty excited about today's chat. Thanks to Concordia University Wisconsin for your support of the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. So it, it seems like Mental Health Mondays have been, you know, always a collaboration, but the collaboration seems to keep getting wider and wider, which is really <laughs> fun. It is Mental Health Monday. That means Deaconess Heidi Gaiman is back. Good morning, Heidi. Good morning. Great to be with you. And alongside Heidi, Tanner Olson of Written to Speak. Tanner, welcome to the Coffee Hour. Hello. Hello. All right. Someone had this genius idea of putting together art, poetry, and mental health topics. And I want to know whose idea it was to bring these together for this concept you call a night of hope. Who was it? And who wants to take credit for it? Because it was a pretty awesome idea. Well, it's been going pretty well. So I'm going to take the, I'm going to take credit for it. <laughs> <laughs> I vote it was Tanner all the way, right? Like, I think it was it's, actually. It's part of my, part of my personality is if we, if something is interesting or like, able to bring two sets of skills together to create one thing. That's usually my idea of saying, hey, you know what we could do? Or hey, you know what we should try? And so Heidi and I, she invited, she had me on her podcast last year and I shared a poem titled Stay. And in it, I talk about how, you know, we, we stay for another day. We stay for a piece of confetti cake. And mm. something, when I said that, something between Heidi and I just kind of clicked and we started thinking about how can we, take this idea of like staying and continuing in hope and tiny bits of hope like confetti cake and make it into an, an evening or an event. And so that's how A Night of Hope began. Mm-hmm. I love that we have emotional soup for Mental Health Mondays. And now we have also introduced confetti cake of hope. What? I love this. I didn't even think about that. It's totally true. Well, and A Night of Hope. We definitely yep. <laughs> address the emotional soup, which is cool. And so the the whole idea is that hope is such an abstract idea. And that is something that Tanner and I talk about regularly, how abstract it is for people. And so how hard it is to sometimes see or engage with. And so the goal is to bring it to a place where people can start to see it regularly to get to that big hope, you know, that is Jesus. Okay, so then what what actually is a night of hope? What, how, what does this actually look like? <laughs> it's the best. So what it, what it looks like is, it, and it, it's kind of hard to say what it is on paper and then to experience in person. It's totally a different thing because on paper, what you read is it's a night of music and poetry and storytelling and, and teaching and conversation and connection. But then when we're sitting there together and we're in a room, I'll get up and I'll share some poetry and Heidi will tell some stories and, and go in depth about hope in mental health and emotions and walking through all of that together and then the conversations that we're having and the connection that is that is being created. And so really what it is, it's a simple evening of us gathering together around one word, hope, and exploring that together through music and poetry and conversation and talking about emotions. Now we need to find a Lutheran baker to add to this. Oh. So we have any cake. Yeah, hey, we would we would be all about that. We've had we've had several comfort dogs at our events, and it's been amazing. It's been amazing. 
Yeah, it's really fun too. I think we've seen a lot of partnership. You know, we yeah. come into the congregation, the universities, a, a community organization, and then other local resources are represented too. And so we love being able to partner and point people to what's available to them locally because we're only going to be there for one night. And that's been really cool to see people engage with those resources too. Yeah. So why do we, I, I want to hear from each of you actually on this, why you, why you believe we need a night of hope. Let's start with Heidi and then we'll, we'll go to Tanner. Why do we need a night of hope? I think that, well, first of all, a lot of the research shows that hope is something that people feel stretched thin on at the very least in the last few years that in our current cultural climate feels outside of people's daily experience. And you and I know that it's essential to our daily experience. It's essential to the, just like the breath in our lungs, we need hope. And I think that's a message that people like want to hear. They want to be talking about hope, but it's also a little intimidating when it's hard to find. And so the reason we connected art and poetry to this was because that those creative components help everything be a little easier to hold. You know, we talk about messiness and brokenness, but then also finding the hope in that people want to talk about both those elements. We want to do it in such a way that our psyches and our hearts, our souls can can hold them and be a little bit vulnerable for a second. And art, poetry, creativity is vulnerable by nature, but it's also fun and silly and you know colorful. And those things make that vulnerability able to you know easier to engage with. And so I think that, you know, the, the suicide epidemic is what the CDC calls it and other, the National Institute for Mental Health, um, hope is certainly something that we need and we want people of all ages, all ages to be able to access regularly. And as a social worker, I'm interested in access. So when Tanner suggested a, a night where we could begin the conversation and leave people with a conversation they can keep having in in meaningful ways. I was all in. Yeah. I, I think that the church has been doing a better job of talking about mental health. And Heidi and I want to help continue that conversation moving forward. I remember what it was like to be in high school, to be early on in college, and to be wrestling with questions and depression and all those things. And what A Night of Hope does is it invites you into a space to where we're going to talk about the heavy and hard things. But we're going to do that in a way that's um, inviting and honest and hopeful. And when we say, you know, it's a night of music and poetry and storytelling, I know that as, as a full-time poet, trust me, I know poetry is not for everybody. But what this night offers is it has something for everyone, right? Someone's going to be able to connect with the music. Someone's going to be able to connect with the poetry. Someone's going to be able to connect with the, uh, the way that Heidi brings in all of the the, the things that she has learned and taught and studied this intelligent side of everything, people are going to be able to connect with that as well. And the hope and the prayer for this event and these events that we've been putting on is that people would leave feeling seen, feeling loved, but also leave feeling more hopeful than when they walked in. And it's been a lot of fun. And it's not just been Heidi and I who've been doing this. We've also been inviting our friend Blake Flatley, who's a musician out of California. And so the three of us got to do an event together and I don't know. It, it's really cool to see how the the audience responds to each of us differently. And then afterwards, we get to have these in-depth conversations about 
where they've been and where they hope to, to, to go in the future. So paint the picture for us. What does, if I showed up to one of these, what, what would I experience as I experience a night of hope? Well, it depends on where you're coming from, but <laughs> that's fair. I, 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 I would I would say that, that that a night of hope it's an invitation to to slow down, to lean in, to hold fast to the truths that we know, to the hope that we have, and then eventually to to keep going. This is not a Netflix special. This is not like board game night. Like we're going to talk about heavy and hard things, but we're going to remind you of the truth that we know and the, and the love of Jesus along the way. And then you're going to be able to be given these kind of like, I don't know, I don't want to call them resources, but like conversation starters to have with your friends and with your family members. Heidi's going to give you language for the things that you feel and to get, she's going to tell you that it's okay to feel those things and to go through what you're going through it. And I'm going to share poetry about, you know, you're going to hear something about confetti cake. And so the next time you hear confetti <laughs> cake, you're going to remember that hope is real. Right. And so like, it, it's just all these little, little bits of hope to help you keep moving forward. I don't know. It's, it's been interesting, the conversations that we've had after these events of people saying, you know, I didn't think that I needed this, but I really didn't need this. Or I was thinking of this friend when you said this thing. And so, I don't know, we just really want to, to, be a space and a place for people to to find rest, but also to remember that hope is real and that it's for them. Yeah, I've really enjoyed the different age groups, especially. I've, it's mm-hmm. interesting to me, like Tanner said, after the event, the feedback you from people of very different age groups being able to engage with hope in their way, in their space, in their time. And both those tiny bits of hope, which during the event, we had people identify their confetti cake. What is their confetti cake? And it's really fun to read and hear from people what is their little thing that God puts into their life to help them see the big hope of restoration in Jesus Christ. And it's, yeah, it, it is amazing to me that the language of it, you know, I thought it would fit one age group, but instead what we've seen is that it worked really well for multi-age groups, which means, excuse me, we have, you know, families being able to engage, whole congregations and communities being able to engage in in the idea of hope and continue that conversation rather than, again, it just being like a one and done kind of deal. Heidi, do you want to tell them like how the evening is broken up? Yeah. Like the, the things that you talk about and how poetry is kind of layered mm-hmm. throughout? Yeah. So Tanner and I obviously both have a fair amount of energy and (laughs) excitement (laughs) about the event and about the concept of hope that we bring to the event. We, when Blake comes, we, you know, we start with music. Music is such a common denominator for all of us to engage in spiritual discussion, but also, you know, emotions without forcing it. It's, you know, we're not going to like manipulate anyone to have an emotion at these events, but rather music allows people to just open that channel between them and the spirit mm-hmm. that lives inside them <laughs> and for them to be able to engage with the top hope. And so sometimes it's Blake and sometimes a local worship team or musician will join us. And that's been really cool, the variety in that. And then Tanner does some poetry to to introduce the night, to welcome people 
And Tanner and I are storytellers. So there's stories interwoven into each section. And then my job is, you know, TED Talks of sorts, if you will. And so we talk about hope and promise and introduce those concepts of brokenness to restoration for people and God's big story. And then he's working in the middle of this story where we're at. And then we talk about hope and practice, which is some practical ideas. We you know, have people engage with a couple of examples of how to process emotions and find hope as a cognition and also an emotion within the midst of that. And then, you know, in between each of these little TED Talk components, Tanner also does some of his poetry that connects really well to the things that we're talking about and helps people engage with their own story. And Tanner's poetry is so relatable you know, I I know that you both have experienced it, Andy and Sarah, like that there's a line, you know, in each of his poems that's like, I think he wrote that for me. And so that helps people then to be able to apply the information as we go to those kind of TED Talk intellectual pieces of what is mental health and what does it look like in our lives. And then we really end with helping people engage with their story of what God is doing, you know, being able to name their brokenness, being able to name the hope in their life. And so it's, a fluid event. Um, we are a little spontaneous at times. A little. A little. <laughs> a little spontaneous at times. <laughs> it's high quality, but, you know, with Tanny. It's, tanny, it's just so Tanny. And now I'm calling you Tanny. I have like a Yeah, super spontaneous. I'm getting flashbacks <laughs> from middle school here. I need a night of hope. <laughs> you know, I, I can remember being in, in high school and, and like I said, college. And one of the things I, I loved was I, I loved our pastors and, and the youth leaders that I had growing up. But what also was helpful for me was when somebody was brought in, somebody that my, my pastor knew or our teachers knew, and they would come in and share the things that they've learned along the way. And it's it's been a real honor and joy to be somebody who gets to come and, and sprinkle a little bit of hope, a little bit of news, and to share the things that we've learned along the way and help drum up and create conversations between high school youth and college-aged youth and and, and, in the, and in their leaders as well. So it's been a real joy to be able to fill that space for, for our church body. It is Mental Health Monday. We are learning about A Night of Hope with Heidi Gaiman and Tanner Olson. We'll continue the conversation in just a moment right here on The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Today, we're learning about a night of hope here on Mental Health Monday. We're talking with Heidi Gaiman and Tanner Olson. Now, if I understand correctly, I've been following a night of hope on your social media and other places. And if I understand correctly, Tanner, you got to go back to your alma mater and bring a night of hope back to Concordia University, Wisconsin. Is that right? I did. I did. It was a, it was a blast. 
Yeah. My okay. Also, like my daughter goes to school there, so I got to have a slumber party in the dorms <laughs> with my daughter. It was magical. <laughs> it and, was and a, just a real night. Just to clarify, I had a hotel room. By that's court, true. So, that's and it was just me and my daughter. Like we. <laughs> <laughs> I bringing awkward one moment at a time for all of you. <laughs> yeah, no, we got to we went to go back to a Concordia University, Wisconsin, and I so I graduated from there from in 2012, and I've gone back almost for the last five or six years, like almost every year, except for kind of the COVID years, to speak at their evening service Haven. And Heidi and I we had an event in Greenville, Wisconsin, on Saturday evening, and we were like, hey, maybe we could join them for Haven, and and we reached out and said. Would you be interested if we brought a night of hope to Haven? And and it went really well. It was the, the conversations afterwards with the with the college students were were, were pretty life giving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it was they were so responsive, and you know, so far we've done three nights of hope, right? And each time it's really cool, like Tanner said, to hear the responses, to hear people engage with hope is what it is. It mm. you know, it's like Tanner and I are the the receivers, the vessels, and I think the youth leaders too, as well as the organizers, the pastors, the community organizers and stuff are the receivers of that feedback because we get some emails and stuff afterward. But honestly, what you're hearing is people engaging with hope. And that was really cool. And I feel like that was really alive um, with Haven. You know, young adulting is hard in particular Mm. as a stage of life. And it it's a unique group, I think, to that needed to be washed in hope for an evening, if you will. And it was mm. it's really amazing to see God just show up in a very real way and then to hear them responding to the spirit that lives inside them. So you mentioned you've done three of these, one at Concordia, Wisconsin. Where were the other two? We did one in Auburn, Illinois, and then another in Greenville, Wisconsin. All right. Yeah. 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 So you've yeah. mentioned these conversations that happen afterward. What are some what are some stories that you can share from these events from the people that have attended? The the one that comes to mind recently is is after the after doing Haven at Concordia University, Wisconsin, one of the students came up to me and just thanked me. And she was like, You don't you don't know how much we needed to hear all of what you just said. And we wanted you to speak a little bit longer. And that was and I was like, "Are you sure you want me to speak longer?" But it was, <laughs> it was, it was really, it was really kind. Um, you know, it's always an honor to be able to stand up in front of people and share the things that you've learned and the ways that you've learned them and the art that you've created out of the things that the Lord has guided you through. And then it's another thing for people to to see that and to say thank you for being honest and vulnerable. And I'm a big believer that if if you can see somebody be honest and vulnerable, then you can also be honest and vulnerable. And it's always, it's always, you know, a risk (laughs) feels like a risk getting on stage and sharing your story and the things that you've gone through and the things that you've questioned and the things that you've written and for other people to say, Hey, I needed that. That meant a lot to me. So that's one that stands out to me from a, a student from Concordia. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I was amazed. So at our event in Auburn, I decided Mm. to write down affirmations for people who needed them. And it's funny, I actually offered it at every event and Auburn was the only one where people took me up on it. Like, and I don't know what it was about that event, but I brought my like little note cards and I just talked about how we need the I am statements from God about 
us. Like we need his I am statements, right? Like I am the good shepherd, I am the vine, or, you know, but we also need to know what he thinks of us, especially in Jesus. And so, you know, I am worthy, I am lovable, I'm learning. And so I just invited people to come get an affirmation that they needed at that time in their life. And they actually that was a long line. Yeah, it was really cool to actually just talk to people and write down affirmations that they needed to hear. And whether they put it in a book or they, you know, hung it in their room or put it in their fridge. I don't know. Maybe they just got rid of it. But for that moment, it was really powerful to be with people in that I am. It was really cool to see. And it, I am endlessly amazed at how badly people need to know that they're worthy that God says you are worthy of saving, <laughs> that you are worthy of loving, even in our messiness. That I hear in therapy all day, every day. But to be out there and to hear people just willing to receive it spontaneously was really cool for me that felt like just hope going out as well as being poured into me to know that we're in this together and you know they're going to keep the conversation going. Heidi, how have the the last couple of years, the events of the last few years, shaped our need for conversations about hope? Okay, I will have my small TED talk. Get ready for my soapbox. Yes. You know, I think we believe that mental health is getting worse. Like we have this idea that like we're all taking. And while, I mean, it's not great nationally or internationally, the, the reality is it was not great before. And COVID and the election cycle and the awareness of racial injustice, all these different things have brought our anxiety to a boiling point, have brought our low mood to the space where we are pretty checked out a lot of the time. And I think any of us lean to more toward one or the other, even though we both, you know, likely do both at different times. But you or I struggle with some form of anxiety or some form of checking out in response to overloaded mental health. And I think that COVID and, and all the junk of the last couple of years brought that to a space where we are finally able to say, I need help you need help. We all need some help. And so, you know, we've talked on Mental Health Monday before about COVID's grossness and terribleness and also its tiny gifts occasionally. And I think the conversation around mental health being open is one of the gifts. And so while I do think we're all struggling more because of the last couple of years and we're, we're really just need to give ourselves a lot of time and give each other a lot of time and grace to renegotiate to get back to, you know, just feeling like the solid foundation has not gone out from underneath our feet. I think to be honest that we were struggling before and this brought it to the surface is a really important part of the hope conversation. And I I feel like people are really ready to receive that hope because of what we've gone through. Mm -hmm. Tanner, how do you connect that with your poetry? I mean, we love your poetry here, but what is it? How do you connect these these idea that the ideas that Heidi's talking about with the the poetry that you bring? That's a great question. That's such a good question that I had to say it's a great question so that I can think about the answer. One of the things I love about poetry is that it's not a sermon and it's not a song. It lives somewhere in between. And so when Heidi gives these these mini TED talks where she goes in depth about 
you know, hope and promise and, and which talks about emotions and brokenness and all that kind of stuff. What, what the, what my poems get to do is they kind of get to fill, fill those spaces up just a little bit and they get to put language for the language that she's already spoken about. And so what it does is it just kind of, I don't know, it, it helps the person who might have, like me when I was a student, if someone talks for more than five minutes, I would start to tone out a little bit. But if someone was like, here's a song or here's a poem, I would sit right up and listen. Like, for example, I had a really hard time sitting through sermons as a middle schooler, but I could listen to Psalms be read all day long because I connected with the cadence and with the flow and with the emotion. of. And so, like I said earlier, as we were talking, you know, everything is not for everyone, but, you know, something that uh, something is for someone. And I think poetry kind of fills in those gaps for the rest of the audience. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like dessert. Right. Like you're not supposed to like eat. Like if you get like a, if you think like poetry is a bag of candy, you don't eat the whole bag of candy. You just want to have a few at a time. And that's kind of what poetry is like. So like it's something a little bit sweet for the audience to kind of, kind of chew on. If I have too much poetry, I'm not going to feel well. Oh, you're going to feel, oh, you're going to feel great, but you're going to be weighed right. down with emotions. So just. <laughs> I, I know you've you've had three events as a night of hope, mm-hmm. and there there are opportunities for more. What's an ideal setting to host a night of hope? Oh, wow, that's a great question too. Correct me if I'm wrong, Heidi, but we we love joining congregations that inv- invite their community. So it's 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 always wonderful to be you know in a in a church or in we've done a, a gymnasium. Uh, and like we said, you know, Concordia University, Wisconsin. So anywhere there's a group of people gathered who are interested in, in hearing more about hope or who need a space to, to slow down and to lean in, that's where we, that's where we really want to be. Truly, we're open to, to anywhere. So if someone's listening to this and I was, and they're like, I wonder if they would come to, we'll send us mm-hmm. a message and we'll let you know if that's a good spot for us to be. Yeah, I think one thing it does, the reason it really works really well with congregations is because I think congregations are looking for a way to engage with their community about these topics, like hope, mental health. But, you know, a lot of times you're talking about trying to reach people who aren't believers. And so, you know, we need a way to engage the conversation that isn't like in your face. And so poetry, art, music, mental health, help us to be able to connect the dots so that people can find the restoration of Jesus Christ. And so that's been really cool to see. I think it's, you know, I always think of the step one through three kind of ideas of outreach and gospel before you like, you know, really engage with transformation in people. And I think this is one of those step one through three things that we struggle in the church to know what those are and how to engage with them. So That's one thing. I also think it works really well for conferences. Like I'd really love to see some groups Mm -hmm. come together and invite us to, you know, it it is an hour. And so it fits into, you know, a keynote or it fits into an evening of, you know, conversation or dare I say entertainment. It is entertaining as well as meaningful and impactful. And so I think it it would be really great for a mixed group like that who's looking for something different because like Tanner said, it can easily be a place where you kind of check out a little bit and this helps you check back in. Very good. How can we learn more about A Night of Hope? You can visit my website, which is writtentospeak.com and just hit the uh, the speaking tab there and then you'll get in contact with, with us and then we can set up a call between the the host and then Heidi and myself. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. 
Yeah. Tanner Olson, writtentospeak.com. And you can find information about Heidi's writing at HeidiGaiman.com. Tanner, thanks so much for being our guest today. Oh, just happy to be here. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Heidi, thanks so much for joining us again for Mental Health Monday. Always. Thanks, you guys. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.